Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number three. Hello once again, ladies and gents. Of course, this is Velvet Eau Claire, your guide to all of the secrets, the saucy secrets, the sexy secrets, and sometimes the not-so-sexy secrets from the ladies and gents behind the tassels. I am thrilled that you all decided to press play again today. You're back here with me, and I have a fantastic interview coming up that I teased you a little bit about last week, because as it turns out, you get a two-for-one today. We have the Saucy Pair Cabaret, and we have a great talk with them, a great chat. I will apologize right up front here to any Chicago Cubs fans, because as you will hear in the interview, I may in fact be responsible for uh, their falling from the uh, playoffs for the World Series with my jinxing of it. So I do apologize uh, very, very sincerely to any Chicago Cubs fans. It was indeed my fault. (laughs) But before we get into the interview, uh, of course, I have a couple announcements. If you did listen to our inaugural launch package last week, any of those episodes, you kind of might be familiar with this already, but Essentially, what we're doing here on Burlesque Stripped Down is on Mondays, I'm coming at you with interviews with uh, stars from around the world in the realm of burlesque and cabaret. If you're interested in being a guest on one of my interview shows, I would love to hear from you. Simply email me at velvet at burlesquestripteddown.com and maybe send me a link to your Facebook page and kind of introduce and tell me who you are. Then on Thursdays, I'm coming at you with hot tips episodes. So last week, we talked a little bit about how to survive your first burlesque performance. Or, And really, as I got going with it, I'm thinking to myself, well, this isn't just the first performance. This is really good advice for any performance in general. So things that we could all do well to remember that way. And then um, those are our two podcast episodes. Over on the blog, I will also be doing a couple extra blog posts per week. So on Sundays, we're going to be doing an event roundup. And so I am basically calling out for any events around the world that you are a part of or that you know of so that I can include them in this roundup, hoping to kind of set up a one-stop shop for anybody who's looking to attend a burlesque event. So if you have an event coming up, please email me again, velvet at burlesquestripdown.com, so I can add that in there. And then Tuesdays are off-topic Tuesdays, so I can talk about whatever the hell I want, because I have other interests besides burlesque that I would like to share with all of you, whether you read it or not, doesn't matter, I'm going to share them anyway. So four days per week, you're getting something over there at Burlesque Stripped Down. I'm putting a lot on my plate, but I am determined to follow through with all of it. You're getting it all. So that is what we have over at the website and on the podcast. Of course, if you are listening to this in iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, I would really, really appreciate kind of giving uh, this podcast a subscribe as well as an honest rating and review. That'll really help me kind of get this podcast in front of more people and uh, keep it getting more and more widespread in front of more ears. So that would be great if you have an extra moment to do that. It does not take long. And in the show notes for this episode, I do have a little graphic that explains more details on how to do that for iTunes. The show notes will be over at burlesquestripdown.com slash saucy pear. That's saucy P-E-A-R, like the fruit. So now that I've teased them a little bit, let's get in to our double whammy interview. 
All right, guys and dolls, this is Velvet Eau Claire once again with Burlesque Stripped Down. And today I have a special treat for you. It is a double duo today. We have the lusty duo that makes up the Saucy Pear Cabaret. I've got Jupiter Jove and Ginger Tart, fresh out of the UK. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hi. Great to hey, be here. It's great. Yeah, it's great to have you on. It's so exciting. Um, not only do we have you know two continents happening here, but we've got uh, three people on the on the podcast it's gonna be crazy yeah and, and the sound quality is gonna be a bit shaky as well it I, we're gonna make do with what we got i'm sure everybody's gonna you know understand that so yeah. well i you know i give it a brief little intro we know you're coming out of the uk we got a couple different parts there can you do you guys want to fill in any gaps from that intro and let us know a little bit about yourselves uh ginger do you want to take this one uh yeah um i'm currently in Oxfordshire at the moment um following work non-burlesque work unfortunately, and I've discovered there's much of a burlesque scene, so I'm planning on eventually making one happen, because that's what I do. We started off in Cornwall, where in order to get gigs, we had to pretty much make one of our own gigs, so we could actually get a chance to perform. Um, so, yeah, it's something that sort of we've done before, and it's a little bit trickier, because Job is currently in Swansea, um, but it's exciting because it means we get to work on our projects a lot before actually rolling them out, whereas we normally sort of put things on in sort of a big whirlwind. So we actually have time to plan things, which is nice. Yeah, it, it's a different in terms of kind of everything that we're working on at the moment is more or less quite long term. So we, we, we're sort of in stasis at the moment while we try and sort ourselves out. That's great. That's great. Well, that kind of brings me into my first question. I mean, is there something that is particularly exciting that you guys have going on or at least in the planning stages right now? We're writing a script for, I guess it's kind of a form of sitcom, really. The the the, the idea uh, came about in that we did a gig recently, as Ginger said, but the it was a we were comparing a normal cabaret gig, and then we wrote little bits to kind of go in between for each of the acts, but they didn't really uh, strike home very much. It didn't really make up enough room, and a lot of the gigs we want to do are as compares, and we kind of decided we needed something more interesting to put forward as compares. So we started writing this script for uh, kind of a sitcom episode between the two of us, which will have space in it for different burlesque acts uh, throughout. Very cool. That seems like a really neat project, and that's something that you would kind of do, um, is it like a, a longer form, like as, as your own show then? Yeah, kind of. It's um, it's 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 still being written, you know. I mean, it's looking at probably sure. about an hour or so. But the idea I had is is um, the idea I wanted to do was to write a series of them, uh, possibly around five, and then do a show at Edinburgh where we would do a different episode each night. So it would be a different show. People would come along to the different ones, and they'd see a different story each time, and obviously have different cabaret acts as well. Absolutely. Well, that'd be that'd be a fabulous forum for it, a place like the Fringe Festival up at Edinburgh, you know, to really showcase all of your, your the different episodes that you would have. That's a great idea. Mm. Yeah, cool. definitely. Because um, we did Edinburgh a little bit for this year. We were both down at the same time for about three days total um, at the yeah. same time. And we managed to squeeze in three gigs. I think I drove down and performed the night I arrived pretty much from someone who had a last minute dropout. So sort of I yeah. arrived, ate, practiced went straight there but it was so much fun and the fringe very, was such an amazing place very much fine visit yeah i was down with the um we we met in university uh, as part of the drama society feckles but then um ginger's graduated now and i'm still there so we're a bit separate but i was part of the um drama society's edinburgh show for the month 
And then she came up to visit and we booked in a few other gigs and I had been sort of networking, doing cabaret stuff while I was there and everything. And we performed in a few. It was very, very rushed. I think we kind of were on a lot of last minute bills, with a lot of the same people, but it was great fun. Oh, that sounds excellent. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my one of my short term goals to try to get up there to the film oh, fest- or the Fringe Festival oh, one of these it's days. So great. Yeah, you like I've heard so such great things. Fun. You're like you're having a slow day if you only see four shows. <laughs> so much great. on and the cabaret is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've actually got, uh, there's a Fringe Festival here that's, you know, fairly decent size. Here, I'm right now I'm in Orlando in Florida, and um, it's a fairly decent size, and I know the Fringe producer, and um, he's been several times working with the the Edinburgh Fringe uh, producer as well. So he's trying to kind of take some of the things, of course, from one of the biggest ones there in Edinburgh and bring them here mm. as well, which is really neat. But it's my dream. I'll get there one of these days, so... <laughs> So I'm interested to hear, I mean, you said you met in uni, but how did you really, like, had you both been doing kind of cabaret or burlesque type stuff before, or was that something that developed as you got to know each other? I think this um, would be a good one for us to ask separately one at a time. Sure. Um, for, for my for my part, we we were part of the, the, um, the society, as I said, uh, Ginger was the president in her, in my first year, uh, and we kind of got on after a while, didn't see much of each other, and then we became friends. And then the the thing for me, I think, that kind of sparked it was uh, there was a while in my first year when uh, Ginger and a few of our friends went to a burlesque night. And I really wanted to go because I'd always liked the art form. And, uh, you know, I'm a red blooded man. I have I have interests. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to go. And I was told I wasn't allowed because it was a girl's night. And I felt very hard done by by that. And I um, I kind of harbored a secret desire to be included in all forms of girls' nights, especially burlesque evenings, but I had no idea how that would happen. And then much, much later on in that year, Ginger came to me one night, just kind of out of nowhere, and said we should start a burlesque act. And I'd, I've done stuff like performance poetry, bits of stand-up comedy, uh, a lot of improv. I hadn't done much cabaret before we started doing this, but it was always something that kind of the whole skill set slotted very nicely into what I already possessed. And kind of as soon as she said it, it just all clicked into place. And I was like, yes, that is absolutely something we should do. And I have a legitimate reason to attend burlesque events now. Win. That's perfect. What about you, Ginger? Um, Yeah, well, I've always been drawn to burlesque and I have no idea why. I remember for my 18th birthday, one of the things I did was... um, one of those burlesque taster sessions, sort of thing they do for hen parties, and sort of, um, and I loved it so much, but I didn't pursue it, and I always wanted to, and um, I tried to start a burlesque society at uni, and then I realised I was doing about five hundred things at once, so that sort of petered out, and um, I saw a gig with um, a double act called East End Cabaret, um, and they were so amazing together, they were so funny, they were sort of bouncing off each other. And I thought, that's what I want. I want I want to be on stage. I want to do the burlesque thing. I'm so desperate to do it. But I wanted someone else to do it with, just so you could have that energy, because it's so lovely to have. And I thought of Jove. He's amazing. Um, he's so quick on his feet. He could do all the comparing and back and forth with the audience and sort of... Together, we just make such a good team as well. We've all got all these complementary skills. And I was just so desperate to do it. Um, especially because he has a very similar sense of humor to me. We want to do the comedy side of things. So a lot of the things we do are really surreal and sort of... Yeah, we're not very off- good at dancing. <laughs> we kind of realized that had, to be, that had to be our main thing was to be funny because we sure as hell couldn't be sexy, at least not mainly sexy. <laughs> Accidentally well, <that's>... sexy. 
<laughs> that's, yeah, well, exactly. that's what's great about burlesque. Yeah. Well, it seems like you guys have, yeah, I mean, just looking around on your on your your Facebook page and everything, you guys have a good kind of dynamic together. And that's so important to find. And it's got to make, yeah. you know, the burlesque, it's, it's a little bit not easier to do necessarily. As a matter of fact, in some ways, probably harder to bounce off into another person. But you do have that kind of extra energy on stage with you to work off of. Yeah, it's been very nice. Like like Ginger said, we have very complementary skills. She's much, much better at kind of the organization and the social media. She did all our website, made our posters and everything, and that really helped. And then I'm kind of, I'm better at the writing and the, uh, I guess, production side of things. I kind of, I, I didn't expect myself to be able to choreograph until I actually started working on it and thought, no, this is wrong. It needs to be like this. But I find that I'm, I have a, I have a much more artistic temperament, which I think can really get in our way a lot of the time where uh, it takes me a long time to actually produce something, whereas Ginger can just bash it out when she needs to. So like, Isn't that cool, though? You can kind of discover like a new, you know, you, like you said, you didn't think you'd be very good at it. But then you discover this kind of new skill that you have or new aspect to your to your creative side. And, and it becomes developed is the thing, you know, with with a need to. It, it's something I can feel more confident about because I've had to do it. And, you know, you're getting feedback from an audience whenever you put a show on. You know. And I think the other thing is you get feedback from each other as well. I mean, um, yeah, we have little solo acts as well as double acts. But what's great is you direct each other and sort of stuff like choreography is so much easier when you've got someone else watching and says no that looks crap you need to do it differently and sort of we can direct each other and it just makes us so much stronger Mm. it's so hard to critique yourself properly having someone else physically there telling you don't do that that's pants is so so useful and um we're also quite good at taking criticism i think i mean it's um, sometimes what can be quite interesting is i think both of us have quite um we're quite quick to dismiss an idea from the other one in early stages. Both of us are very quick to shoot stuff down, but both of us will also kind of go away and develop an idea a bit more and bring it back. And then we're also both much more open to new ideas at that stage. Is like um, the act we do most now, which we've done at a few... Uh, it's a kind of our, our go-to gig because it involves both of us regularly and we both rehearsed it when it was ginger's idea originally and when i first heard it i wasn't a fan but she kept bringing it up and the more and more we started to discuss it i warmed to it and now it's one of my favorite things we've ever done definitely definitely there's a lot of there's a lot of pros do you find that there's any cons of working together i think the problem we're currently having is probably the biggest one in that we're we're both very far away from each other it's really hard for us to come up with stuff we had to turn down a few gigs because we just we just can't rehearse. We we don't have a place or a time. We can't afford it to to meet up with one another. And because we've only ever performed as a double act, I know for my part, I've been offered gigs personally because people want a boylesque act. I don't have any act I can do without her. Mm. So mm-hmm. we're kind of stunted at the moment because of the distance. And it's not like we've had a falling out. We just can't make it work at the moment. Mm. It's yeah. such a shame because we have some, so many really exciting ideas for acts that we want to work on and sort of. But it's even if I wanted to work on something solo, it would feel wrong doing it without him sort of there to help direct me and sort of refine it. Yeah, exactly. Well. I, I'd, I'd feel the same. It would be like uh, you, you'd be very self-conscious, you know, you'd be like, is this good? Is is this right? There's there's got to be something. I don't know, you need we, we need that kind of early level feedback from each other, I think. And uh, it, it helps give the our act continuity. If we were to develop solo acts, I think they would be very different. Well, that's a good point, too, because you are, you know, you are a a duo. And so if you do develop, you know, these kind of solo acts, if you want to kind of include them in your personas that you've developed, they still need to kind of jive with the whole, you know, with the saucy pair idea. Right. Well, um, 
or maybe not. Well, from from my perspective, I mean, like I said, I, I don't really have much of a plan to pursue burlesque solo. I'd like to, but I haven't. I don't have much of a compunction. But I do have other things. Like I said, I do bits of stand-up comedy, bits of performance poetry. I've been working on other acts around that, and they're the kind of things that can be integrated with a saucy pair show quite nicely. All I have to do is go off stage and come on stage as another character. But it's another character. You know, it's a very it's a very different kind of act, and they'll mesh well and they'll go in the same night. But it's not the same. It's not the same level of humor. It's not the same kind of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Ginger, do you do solo acts at the moment, or have you just been focusing on the duo still? I'm still focusing on the duo because I, again, I have solo ideas that I could be working on, but it doesn't feel right without having that other person to bounce off of. I'm less motivated because I don't have that. Mm. Mm. Do you do you think it's something? I mean, of course, we can't see the future, but. F- continuing down the line i mean you plan on continuing to work together for i mean you know joe if you said you don't have plans to go solo no, ab- is this absolutely a long term uh, the the the, pro- the saucy pair as it has been has been one of the best things i've ever been involved in uh and it and we've, we've had a very very kind of what i can only really describe as a meteoric rise i mean we're obviously still going and we're a bit slowed down now but everything happened very quickly i mean like we the original idea for the act happened in uh july of last year but due to one thing and another, we didn't actually work on anything together until January of this year. And then this year we did our first gig. We had a quick break for a while. We hosted our own gig. Then we did another gig. Then we did a, then we were in a competition. Then we did the Fringe. And then we're going to be in another competition next year. So it's, it's all come very quickly. And I, and I want to keep that wow. going. My goal, my goal, my dream for the act is to have our own custom-built Zeppelin, which will double as a venue and tour bus, which we will fly around performing in. It's obviously very, very far future and will require us to be massively no, popular, think, but that's my dream. Yeah, I think that's a totally reasonable dream. I think you should definitely pursue that. I think that's fabulous. Me too. <laughs> yeah, we save on travel expenses, although I'm not sure how much blimp fuel costs, personally. I haven't researched it yet, but I'm sure... This is far <laughs> enough future that there will be futuristic fuels. And... Exactly. It'll be, like, fueled with garbage, like on yeah. Back to the Future or something, Exactly. That's right? tomorrow, isn't hmm. it? That's... I think it is. Yeah, the 20 Ooh. There's been fake ones for years, but I think it's actually tomorrow. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. We watched yeah. that at the beginning of this year, didn't we, Ginger, to to compare yeah. and Biff Biff from 2000 from Biff's from 1950s looks more like a teenager would today than <laughs> the future one. He's got like he's got like the he's got like the buzz cut and the and the cut the shirt collared up to the top button yeah however if you follow american baseball at all there is you know the fact that the cubbies are potentially going to the world series this year which is was predicted in the movie and has not happened in a long time wow so well, that's, that's, i don't know that's something so that's something they got right possibly <laughs> anyway the one thing no hoverboards yet though i'm waiting uh, for there's there's so. weird sort of sideways handleless segways though uh, that's true kind yeah, of that's like true all right. So do you find that there is, in, this can be either for you guys as a duo or individually, um, are there any big misconceptions about you, particularly as a duo, actually? That's uh, what I'm interested Yeah. People mm. constantly think we're a couple. Um, yeah. I'm that's sure. That's a weird yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I sort of understand that some people think, oh, it's a bit weird, sort of, you know, a guy and a girl stripping together. None of them are gay. Um, but no, we're just really, really comfortable with it. Um I have a boyfriend, and he's absolutely fine with me stripping with my friend. Um, it's a very interesting relationship. Yeah, it's it's one we've grown. I remember in a lot of our earlier rehearsals, uh, when we when we had our first gig nailed down, and we were working towards something. When we started rehearsing, she would come into rehearsals 
and put on like her corset and her bra and everything over her existing clothes. And then whenever we actually practiced, they'd get caught on her clothes and it would screw up the timing. And I'd say, I'd say <laughs> look, you need to actually get naked because we're going to see each other naked eventually anyway. And this is not good rehearsing. And then cut to a couple of months later, and as soon as we get in the studio, we're just taking our clothes off and talking to each other completely normally. I'm almost completely desensitized to it now. Right, like it doesn't even feel, you know, because it's kind of, it comes to that point where it's just like work, no, right? Yeah, exactly. I've had, I've had, we've had, um, one of the nice things about the gig we set up is um, a lot of our friends got involved. They, we were looking for acts and they came to us and they were like, can we try something similar? So we've kind of encouraged our friends to pursue burlesque and that's been really nice. Anyway, and they were showing us their acts and I'm having to watch these gorgeous women take off marvellous clothes in an alluring fashion and then give feedback. It's a really strange position to be in. <laughs> From my perspective. I, I, strange good, I imagine. Yeah, but, but you know, kind of part of me feels that I should be more appreciative and less uh, judgmental or, or less cr uh, critical of the whole thing. But um, yeah, Ginger's right. We do get mistaken for a couple, which I suppose is interesting because, I mean, aside from the fact that I would have assumed most people would just think I'm gay, I, it's interesting that I don't put that out there, but, you know, make of that what you will. But also that anyone thinks that this could be a healthy thing for a couple to do. <laughs> Like if we if we were a couple, that would be such a strange, strange. Like if we were just in love and and had a house or whatever, but then we go out and perform on stage to strangers getting naked. Like it's not enough that we have to be together, but we have to rub it in their faces. I think that's just bizarre. <laughs> that is true. I hadn't thought about it from that from right. that perspective. I'm sure there are couples who who do it, but no, the the majority of you know performers that I know have significant others that are significantly separated from from. <laughs> Their acts, yeah, right? well, I, I tried to I tried to include um, Ginger's boyfriend recently because, like I said, I've been writing that script and there's a character in there that I thought he could play well. And I was like, do you want to put it to him? And she said he's absolutely not interested. Yeah, mm. he'll come along. He'll watch my shows. But he's like, no, I'm not, make, not ever going to do it. He'll make gumbo for backstage and run around finding props for you. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Did you now I know, like, I mean, you said he's supportive. Was it was it a struggle at all? Did he have any issues with it at first? Particularly, no. you know, working with Job or anything? No, he's absolutely fine with it. And I think it comes from the fact that he knows my motivation behind it isn't sort of... I think part of it's the style of burlesque I do. I don't tend to do, you know, the most alluring thing. I tend to do very silly things. Um, I'm not doing it to sort of get anyone's attention or sort of try and seduce anyone. It's sort of... It's such a fun art form and... I love being naked, um, so I thought, why not share that with everyone? And he's been so lovely and supportive. That's and great. <laughs> that's, that's really wonderful to find. So you two mentioned, you know, you kind of develop maybe the acts together. Is it kind of like one person comes in with an idea and it just is a creative uh, brainstorming explosion? Or is there a typical way you kind of go through when you create an act? It's, it's been very different, I think. We, we, we do, we both, I think we both equally come up with new ideas, but we both also develop them together. But the way that's happened has been different. I mean, um, one of the first acts we came up with was an idea I had, which came out of um, basically because we, we, we were this is in the very early stages and we were looking into just doing research and everything. And before we even came up with the idea of the act, I'd always loved the uh, Dita Von Teese Martini glass dance. I always thought it was incredibly mm -hmm. gorgeous, really fantastic piece. And I really wanted to create something like that. But we can never in a million years justify spending that much money on a giant martini glass. Where, <laughs> where are we going to put it? Is it going to work? It's dangerous, you know, and all that kind of thing. But I really wanted to do something like it. And I thought, since we're being a comedy act, why don't we get a cheap plastic martini glass and she can do the dance in it 
to the best of her ability and it'll be funny. And Ginger really liked that idea and I thought it was a good one and we developed it and that, that's that's probably one of my favourite things. But then also one of um Ginger has a lot of ideas that she'll come up with, usually like for solo stuff or everything. Um we came up with a dance for me to do that came out of us just rehearsing and sitting behind a table and thinking that would be an interesting element to develop. It kind of comes out of nowhere. I think, like I said, both of us are quite quick to dismiss early ideas, but are willing to develop them after a certain point. And um, the acts that get to that certain point is completely unknowable, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is with coming up with ideas, some some of them I dismiss or he dismisses immediately because we're like, that's just not practical. Like the whole flying blimp we're not going to deal with that right now it's not it's not doable so because it's long term it. it's long term yeah but we, it's good to have goals yeah. <laughs> but we come up with a lot of big ideas we know are going to be too hard to execute you there's no point spending our time on them because they'll never become a thing however some of them are so hard to imagine that the other person has to make it happen like we've got um a routine where I'm dressed as a piece of broccoli. And he was like, how on earth are you going to make a stripper broccoli costume? And I sort of spent ages researching in it. And it wasn't until I physically put together the top half, which are florets that I pull off sort of one by one, that he actually saw, yes, we can actually make a broccoli costume for a stripper. Yeah, and then, I was very, very dubious at first. But once I saw it, I was totally on board. And it's definitely, I mean, there were a lot of problems. I think, actually, you were asking about what some of the limitations we've had. Uh, we very often underestimate how long costume is going to take us. I mean, it's a big advantage, again, among her many other skills. Junior's excellent at costume. Pretty much all our costumes are homemade. And that's not only helped to really undercut the cost, but also give us our unique look. But it can take us a long time. Like, um... The day before the event we organised, we had so many things to worry about, including booking acts and everything. We barely had time to rehearse our bits between the two of us. But then what was more, on the actual day of the event, we were running around like headless chickens trying to get all our costume in order because we had three different costumes each. And it was a real, real, really stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. It, but, you know, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but the, those are two great points that once again, like we talked about, you know, like some of the pros of being able of having the two of you is you, mm. uh, first of all, you use those strengths. She's great at costume costuming, even though maybe it takes a little longer, she brings that to the table. And then, you know, and then also, yeah, that creativity, that coming up with acts, there are so many times I wish I had a sounding board, yeah. you know, and so many times I think about them when I've thrown away potentially good ideas because they didn't sound good at first and I had no one else to kind of harp on them, mm. if that makes sense, you know? In, in some ways, you, you almost become defensive of your own ideas, which encourages you to develop them more, you know? Mm-hmm, because there's absolutely. someone else telling you they don't like them you they kind of bounce it back to you and you have to say well what if we do it this way and you know absolutely so funny once I was doing and this was not burlesque I was doing a show and when I was rehearsing with my scene partner he insisted that we kind of, that we include a slap I was going to slap him across the face in our fight and I was really I was like oh I don't know if I like that idea but he talked me into it then when we did it for the director she said she didn't really like it and I got super defensive like no 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 I promise it is a really good idea and yeah. so we worked into it but it's funny how these ideas kind of yeah they evolve they take shape and then you kind of uh, take them on as your own mm. so Tell me about, because we really want to get into like the reality of, of who you are as people. And I want to, you know, I want to be straightforward. I mean, you guys are, you know, really down to earth people. Had there been any just absolutely awful moments of your journey so far? Like really bad, like the worst moment of your burlesque, you know, kind of journey, either together or separately? Yeah, I think there are a couple of moments. Um, one was a completely one off, but one of the things I love about burlesque is the sort of audience it attracts. Like, um, 
it's very different sort of being in a strip club to a burlesque venue, for instance. And I love the audiences you get. They're so lovely. They're so supportive. Um, but when we were performing at the Fringe, you have the issue of venues have loads of different types of shows and some people just stay in them. So we had this show where we performed and when we finished I had to walk through the audience to get back into the changing room and I'm wearing basically nothing and I sort of had issues with you know sort of men being a little bit grabby sort of not letting me go so I was very grateful that I actually had someone with me at that point but that was just so horrible that mm. I know that's very much so not your typical burlesque audience and sort of 90% of the time you're going to be in a venue with a lovely supportive audience. And that's what's great about Burlesque because that attracts the right sort of people. So I know that was very much so one off. Hashtag not all Burlesque audiences. Exactly. Yeah. But it just <laughs> yeah, makes me true. so, so glad for the Burlesque community and how lovely sort of everyone who gets involved is, the sort of audiences you get. It just made me appreciate that so much more. Yeah. Did you find um, that it kind of impacted your mood? I mean, that evening or were you able to kind of shrug it off because secure in the knowledge that like it's not typical or did it kind of get it under your skin? Um, it didn't really get under my skin. It made me very protective because um, one of our friends, it was her first day ever performing as a proper burlesque ah. dancer. And she She's was like in the same gig. Child. We kind of adopted yes. her. <laughs> yeah and yeah to have that as your first experience yeah yeah so she we went on before her and she sort of saw the men so sort of we were there at the side of the stage with a coat to cover her up the second she came off and sort of so it I, I sort of shrugged it off and my main concern went, went straight to she's nervous I'm just gonna sort of mother her and just sort of so I, mm. I sort of end up not thinking about it and just thought I'm just gonna make her feel safe and sort of stay with her yeah such good foster parents it's, um, <laughs> yeah I, I remember that gig because i i had done it, what, what it was on there there was a, a cabaret show every night and before ginger came down i did a poetry set there and i remember because at that time our gig was booked in and i remember thinking at the time that it wasn't a good venue for burlesque there is a certain thing about it, it was very big very open it was a bar lots of like footfall traffic and you don't really want that with burlesque you don't want people wandering in you want people who are there to be there who know the format who, who know what's expected of them, who know to be supportive and to cheer, but not to touch, you know, all these kind of other things. Um, it's, it's the thing, I think, what makes it difficult for people to start, it certainly was for us, is that there aren't a lot of beginner venues, and beginning is arguably the hardest part of it. I mean, I, we're, we're quite lucky in that we're both very confident people. I often say that I have absolutely no shame, and I stick by that, and you can't stop Ginger's talking about how great she is half the time. <laughs> and that's really helped us because we weren't afraid of our first gig and then we got the confidence and now we're happy doing it but we but i like uh the the, the friend of ours who we mentored her first first gig was the gig that we put on and she was she had us to help her out she was also part of another double act at the time there were others of our friends there you know we we had to create that environment you know mm-hmm, um, absolutely I, I would like to bring up my my low point was was when we were organizing our own event i mean like i said my skills mainly lie in the writing and the acting and the performing side of things i was really not cut out for a lot of the organization jobs we had to do ginger took them on her shoulder and she looked better than but i was completely completely snowed under and then on the day the main thing that had been my job to get done was um to hire the sound equipment for the night and um the guy wasn't available and i just spent the entire day stressing about that thankfully one of our friends came forward through us and she managed to get us the equipment we needed for free last minute at the event she was a 
massive godsend but i was i was so stressed that day i remember just lying down on the floor and i was uh i was smoking quite heavily at the time completely out of stress which was was very negative and i and i i said i was saying to her before we had actually done it that i didn't ever want to host an event again but once it actually happened and it went really well i've definitely changed my opinion but what while i was in it i was all over the place mm. It was a huge, huge learning curve and sort of, yeah. we've learned a lot. We totally change our approach in several different ways. Um, yeah, there's so much that we do differently now. And sort of, I'm starting to get contact with gig promoters in the area who I'm also going to sort of, you know, feed off all their knowledge and all of their tips and everything. So mm. when it comes to doing our next show, we're going to be so much better prepared as a result. Yeah. And I'm so excited because I've got so you learn so much just from doing it once. And yeah. I already have such a better idea of how to approach it. I, I would argue that that gig that we hosted was perhaps a step too far, considering how new we were. At that time, that was our second gig ever. We'd only done one other show. And then since that one, we've done, uh, we did a competition. We've done the Fringe. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of had a bit more of a broader outlook of all the stuff that's available out there. And I, I think that's definitely been to our betterment. Well, I think that's that tends to be, I mean, maybe people don't put on shows necessarily right away, but that tends to be a, for a lot of people kind of a, a way they do it be, just because to come back to what you said earlier, there's not a lot of venues for beginning. No, burlesque. no, really so aren't. the easiest way to have control and to give yourself more opportunity to perform as a beginner is to host them yourself. Mm. Our first gig was was a really lucky find. Actually, there was this kind of we, we had just started and we were considering gigs. We were considering going to the campus open mic, which in hindsight was a terrible idea. But we didn't actually do it. Mm. And then kind of out of nowhere, a, a mutual friend of ours uh, was going to these sort of underground uh, speakeasy nights that were being organized by another student. They were completely unpublicized. We only found out about them because this mutual friend of ours was posting photos before they went. And and we did the research and it was perfect. It was like it was very secretive. It was mostly students. It was a very kind of alternative steampunky kind of crowd. Uh, and so I made contact with the woman who organized them and said, we've got this burlesque act, can we do it? And she was really, really enthusiastic, really lovely, and made great friends with her. Uh, and we, the, our first audience was mostly made up of our friends. We brought a huge portion of the audience in because they wanted to see us. You know, we've been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a good start, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, we couldn't have got a, a better audience because, um, well, we said to them, please start cheering. So there's actually cheering when we start taking our clothes off. Um, and they've got some pipes on them. It was quite impressive. Um, but it was just so lovely just to know that the audience was so on your side and it sort of, the energy spread to sort of everyone else in the room. And it was Mm. such, such an amazing feeling. Yeah, I I think one of the best things about our our earlier stuff being in uni together and, and one of the things that kind of scares me about where we're going now is there's there's the two of us and we obviously make up the majority of that but we've had so much help from our friends they've been so helpful like i said a friend of ours found us sound tech at the last minute uh one of them has done all our sound editing and mixing and videoing for us and and has like helped us put our videos on youtube he's been fantastic loads of our friends have got involved too like leaving that community is going to be really sad but it's going to be a case of you know developing a new one i suppose Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something a lot of especially performers go through, I think, uh, not just burlesque, but theater and everything as well is is when you're in uni, when you're in um, or, you know, in high school or anything before that you um, or if you have a a specific group like that, that really kind of supports you and helps you develop as a performer, as an artist. Mm. And then once we once you kind of leave that, you may keep some of the contacts and everything, but to kind of find your way on your own can be a huge challenge. 
So what would you consider maybe the biggest risk that you've ever taken, either in your performer or your personal lives? Probably the show, isn't it? The, the yeah, show. well, in terms of burlesque, it's probably our second gig being us putting on a show, which is just <laughs> totally overambitious. Um, yeah, it was far too early. Um, I finished my dissertation about two weeks before, and anyone who's organized an event knows that you should sort of be planning it more than two weeks before in advance. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, like, we were planning it, but I didn't focus on it at all. No, um, we, we could. She was writing the dissertation. I was doing a final project for my course. We were both in our uni's production of Macbeth, which took up a lot of our time. It was, it was pretty intense, um, but it paid off, I think. Yeah, it was a fantastic learning experience. And financially, we, we more than made our money back. So was it, um, in the end, it was it was worth it? You'd do it again? Not like yeah. that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> I would apply what we've learned from the last one and do it better. All right. Well, the next little section we're going to do here is what I like to call pick your poison. And what I'll do, I think I'll do you, you two individually. Um, I've got eight different questions here, and they're just random fun questions that I'm curious about. Uh, nothing to do with burlesque, just about us as people. And so I'll have um, whoever wants to go first, just pick a number from one through eight. I'll ask you the question and then the other person can pick a different number. So we get two different questions answered. So shall we do ladies first? Ginger, would you like to pick a number? Okay. Magic number three. Number three. What is your favorite 90s jam? Do you like 90s music? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody does, right? I'm going to go Spice Girls wannabe. You just got to rock it. That's my girl. Love it. I love it. Have you heard that there is talk of a Spice Girls Backstreet Boys tour? What? No, I have uh, not. I need to get <laughs> I am. Uh, me too. Uh, there is talk. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but yeah, <laughs> I would go crazy. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. Excellent. All right. How about you, Jove? Uh, number from one through eight. Number eight. Number eight. What was the last picture that you took with your phone? God, now you're asking. Um, it's probably something really boring like... I think I had to take notes or something for for a podcast I did recently. I had to like take a picture of an element and then send it to my engineer. Can I have the pop one? <laughs> All right, fine. You can answer that one too. Bop by Hanson. That's my. Ah, that's my, that is my jam. Go. That is my jam. Is it? Yeah, you were you were one of those. All right, with the hair. Did you have the long hair then too? More I was I was four. But by Hanson was the first song I ever owned. Uh, I got it on cassette when I was when I was about four. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, that's like that's a good song for young for young kids too, because it's really repetitive and fun. A nonsense lyric, so you don't have to know what they're talking about. Exactly. All right, next up we're gonna do a quick this or that section. Okay, so I've got two. I'm just gonna throw at you a choice between two things, and you just answer as quickly as you can which one you prefer. And we'll do both of you at the same time. Uh, And you can interpret these however you want. Just throwing that out there ahead of time. No no general interpretation, just whatever you want to think of it as. Okay? Mm. Ready? Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Pizza. One of each. Day or night? Day. Both said day. All right. City or country? City. Yeah. Well, seaside. Okay. Country or sea. (laughs) As long as there's a horizon, I'm happy. All right. Top or bottom? Top. There we go. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. Ocean. Classic or neo burlesque? Neo. Yeah. Neo for classic was kind of bad for people, and they definitely didn't let guys do it then. That's true. It doesn't quite work as well. I, I enjoy watching some of them. You know, sometimes. Oh yeah, they're, they're fantastic, yeah. but I, I yeah. wouldn't want to be in that world. 
Yeah. <laughs> Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. Comedy. Superman or Batman? Batman. Batman. Wine or beer? Wine. Wine. All wine, all day, forever. Amen. Sleep or sex? Sex. Sleep. Both. At once. No. That's not once. That is the second time someone has answered that. Both at the same time. That is too I'm funny. I'm glad we're not a couple. <laughs> Like, I do not think that is usually a good thing yeah, I, to have both I, at the same time. I would say sex, but it depends on the quality of sex. But also <laughs> the quality of sleep. So, I, I, yeah, okay, let's say sex. Sex followed by a nap. There you go. One right after the other. What about All up right. to sex? On well, sunshine, the earth says hello. You know what else says hello? What? My penis. Hello. It's the <laughs> eyebrow comedy you can expect from one of our guests. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The saucy pair cabaret, everyone. All right, quickly. Heels or bare feet? Heels. Bare feet. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have expected from you, too. <laughs> On me or someone else? <laughs> well, open to interpretation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine that it's on you, probably. You right? look great in heels. <laughs> There's something about, you know, a, men, a man's calf in high heels. It's weird, maybe, but it's pretty, it's, it's kind of sexy. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. There was silence after that. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> and last but not least, I don't know if you visited before, but would you pick Paris or London? Ooh, Paris. Paris. I've not actually been. It's beautiful. But I'm really bad at languages, and I like being able to talk to people, so probably London. That is a big, yeah, that's a big challenge for me, definitely. I'm learning French, but it, it's kind of slow going, and it and I definitely hindrance to making those connections. Plus, I know London. Do. I wouldn't get lost. That would be... There you go. Well, you should both definitely come to Paris sometime and hang out with us, the Burlesque Moulin crew there. We can go to some shows and you guys could probably perform somewhere. It'd be awesome. Uh, Yeah, really cool. I'm always curious about this just because I find that sometimes the news about burlesque and and things can be kind of spread all over the place. How do you usually stay current on uh, burlesque news and happenings in the community? Oh, Facebook, 100%. Um, There's a lovely community called the Burlesque Big Brother Sister Project. And, oh, it's amazing. It's been so invaluable. It's how we've made most of our connections. It's where we ask all our questions about how you make certain bits of costume or how you go about certain things. And people are so friendly. I mean, that's how we we got on this show. Uh, But also, I'm, I'm doing a project, which is a podcast at the moment for my university. And um, it's been interesting seeing all the different people who have come through. And the burlesque community have more than come through on the podcast. Like, I'm actually having to stop asking burlesque people to appear because they keep saying yes, and it's making it look like a burlesque podcast. They're going to have me take a little time out for a moment. Um, Also, keeping current, going to the fringe was really good. Getting to meet people in person who are actually working and organizing gigs was really good. Absolutely. In-person events are huge. Do you know of any good uh, listings? Because actually, that's one thing I'm starting up here on on Burlesque Stripped Down is every Sunday I'm going to be posting a roundup of events around the world, not not in any particular country or city. Do you know if there's any things like that out there? Yeah, the main thing is you just follow individual sort of promoters and stuff. Um, The the problem is we haven't got a gig until February, so they're all going to be a bit lackluster until until we rock back on the scene. It's true, and you won't quite have your blimp yet, so even at that point, it might not be that exciting, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it anyway. Um, can you tell us about if there's any videos, either on YouTube or somewhere on the internet, that we should check out? Because we're always looking for more inspiration and more cool acts to see. Yes, the, we, we have our channel. Uh, is it Saucy Pear Cabaret is the channel? Yep. Uh, Perfect. That's got our whole first show on it, so you can see how amazing we were to start with. 
Uh, including, I think we made we made a trailer for our big show. We don't have the video up from that properly. Uh, but we've also got uh, a few, a couple of our other acts and gigs and things. Uh, a video from the contest we did at Infinities. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few bits of us actually on there, and then we also have our Facebook page, of course, which sort of pick everyone Facebook like it. I will add both of those to the show notes of this page. Um, so if, for anybody listening, uh, you can either find them directly by searching uh, for the saucy pear. That's P E A R, like the fruit, or you can go straight to burlesquestripdown.com/saucypear. Again, P E A R. Um, so you can find all those links in there to get kind of in further touch with them. And so you guys aren't performing anything in the too near future, but pretty soon sometime next year, you're going to come see me in Paris, right? If there's there's a, yeah, definitely. If there's anyone listening who would like to book us, we're more than happy to, if you can make it worth our while. The problem, the problem is, as I say, transport costs are a bit of an issue, but if you're willing to underwrite that, we'll be, we'll be there like a shot. But uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of, I, I'm, I'm in my third year of uni, so I'm sort of considering options as to what I do when I graduate. It might be a case if I move closer to Ginger so we can work more. So this is definitely not the last you'll hear of us. Excellent. Yeah. So if they, if they want, um, if anybody wants, they can get in touch with you via Facebook. Yep. Um, Joe, tell us briefly about also the podcast. It's another way we can kind of keep up with you, right? Oh yeah, that's, um, well, I, I, as I said, I've had quite a few burlesque people on there, so that's uh, probably is a good resource to link to. But um, yeah, for my, for my uni project, I'm a theatre student and uh, part of the gap I kind of felt was happening on my course is that I wasn't being told much about how to actually make a career as an artist, you know, how to uh, make money off it, how to publicize myself, how to network and all the other things. So I decided that the best way for me to learn that was to talk to professionals who are already doing that. So I've started a podcast called the Exit Stage Left podcast, which is me talking to working performance artists and other people in the world about their career path and what they're doing and how they got there. Uh, and it's been it's been really good so far. Like I said, I've got a lot of people uh, from the burlesque community come down. Uh, Velvet Eau Claire is literally just recorded an episode of this, which will be up. We did. Probably yes. before this one. Uh, Possibly. So yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> see. But, you know. That. So um, yeah, those are those are all on iTunes. Uh, Exit Stage Left podcast. There's also a website for that as well if you want to find that. Uh, there isn't a Facebook group yet. I should do that. Yeah. Well, I will say it is a great. I mean, I've listened to some of the other episodes. Of course, mine is fabulous. But <laughs> no, I've listened to some of the other episodes as well. And even the ones that are not burlesque, it's really you know, it's I think us artists, we kind of we have a lot to learn from each other from different industries and everything, and some tactics that work for musicians, for example, or for producers or whatnot, can really be applicable and can give us a lot of insight. Yeah. So yeah. it's a great podcast to listen yeah. to. What about you, Ginger? Do you have anything? Uh, any other projects going on at all? Really, I just want to get the saucy pair, the show we're writing, sort of off the ground. So I'm constantly networking with um, other gig promoters. And um, I also do freelance work, um, doing social media. So I'm sort of slowly sort of working my way into the performance community, sort of masquerading as a marketing person. Whereas in reality, I just want to take my clothes off. Um, (laughs) Don't be all. Well, that's uh, a lot like being a superhero, isn't it? I was watching Kick-Ass the other day, and it's so much just, that movie is so much just about the costume and the pageantry and the name. And we get all that in burlesque, but we don't have to get our asses handed to us. It's win-win for everybody. Well, that's great. Well, we're definitely going to stay in touch with you guys. I'll have you guys linked up in those show notes. And maybe once you guys have a show kind of getting together, we'll kind of, we'll bring you back on and we can talk more about that sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank right. you for having well, us. Thanks so- yeah, thanks for being on. And there you have it, ladies and gents, the Saucy Pear Cabaret. Expect to see them coming to a town near you in their very own blimp within the next, what, 10 years or so? (laughs) Somewhere in there. 
Thank you so much to the Saucy Compare Cabaret, Jupiter, and Ginger for being with me today. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you around again soon. Please don't forget to head over, share the love, share these posts with your friends, your neighbors, anybody who will really listen to you. And definitely send me an email with any feedback, any events, and anybody that you think would be great to have for a future interview. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your week and stay sexy. 